This is the fallen angel Christopher Daniels, former TNA X Division Champion and former TNA World Tag Team Champion, and you are listening to the TNA Cross the Line Podcast. Enjoy. TNA Wrestling Cross the Line. And we're back with episode 131 of the TNA Crossline Podcast. I am Bob Collin Jr. And with me, as always, is Dallas Gridley. And Dallas, on today's episode of NWA TNA Impact, it is a loaded one. Maybe even stacked in modern terms. We've got a four-man tournament beginning today. Abyss and Jeff Hardy in singles action. And then also Raven and Monty Brown. And then the winner of those two matches, which are both happening today, will then meet in the finals to determine the number one contender to the NWA World Champion Jeff Jarrett for a match at Victory Road. But also tonight, Roddy Piper is back. And he has a live microphone. Oh, boy. And if we've learned anything throughout Roddy Piper's career in TNA, like if he, he's got a microphone, oh, he's shooting. Mm-hmm. So, Dallas, are you excited for Hot Rod and the four-man tournament? I think I'm more excited about the four-man tournament, but <laughs> uh, I think it's, I mean, it's the top four people in the company right now. I mean, Abyss is the only one that's, like, kind of out of left field since the storyline he's been in doesn't really put him in title contention but he uh he's been watching the matches so i'd say he he earns it right he's been standing ringside so he's got to be in the tournament who would Um, you who would you put in his spot well so that's the problem (laughs) i know who i would put aj styles no um i don't know ron killings Oh, duh. Duh. But that right there proves my point about Ron. That he's not seen as like that main event guy. Yeah, he would make more sense than this, though, probably. I, th- I think in terms of, like, hey, he's a former champion and whatever. And he's been involved in the in the title picture as well. Right. Yeah, that, that is kind of weird now that you say that, though. But, you know, I, I almost think maybe this is their attempt to bring Abyss back to what he probably should be. You know, like a, a monster instead of like he's like held back and he's um controlled sexually or whatever. <laughs> that that so like maybe that's this is the kind of their attempt to fix that in a way. Do we think um there's any chance that Abyss were to win? No, I do not think there's any chance at all. Do you think he's gonna lose clean? Like he's gonna get pinned? Um, I think that'd be kind of a bad move, but I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, I mean, facing Hardy, that's like, that's a tough one. I think it's a bad, bad, like booking decision. Cause you're kind of, kind of, as you're saying, you're trying to maybe elevate him back to where he was, but he's not really going to have <clears throat> that opportunity to do that. No, he ain't. 
if um, you know he's got to uh, he's got to lose to Jeff Hardy. I think that's a tough tough spot to be in. Right. Yeah. It's it's really tough. Um, I don't know. I'm really interested about what they're gonna do with the best kind of moved forward. I mean, these other guys, we kind of. I think we have a pretty good idea what Monty Brown, Raven, and Jeff Hardy. I mean, I don't think they're like heading too far away from the title picture anytime soon. Oh, you know, or the main event scene, really. Yeah. Um, but like, Abyss is kind of like a big question mark for me. I'm not really sure what the plan is for Abyss. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know the direction that he would possibly go in after this. Um. Yeah. It's I, I don't know. What do you, what do you do with with Abyss after he's been in this weird storyline for like months, and now he's potentially we'll say potentially going to be getting pinned clean in like a random singles match in a tournament. Right. Like, what do you do? I don't know. It's really weird. It's a very interesting situation. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know. But we're going to find out pretty soon. Yeah, we are. Um, you know, before we get going, Bob, I, I think we, I think I need to do a little shout out here. Well, we've probably got a couple to do, really. But uh, fr- new friend of the show, Frankie Capone. Hey. Thank you for uh, for listening to the pod. He posted about it on his Twitter. How did I find Frankie Capone on Twitter? I'm not sure, but I did. <laughs> we appreciate you. Uh, and hey, if you want to follow us on Twitter and post about us as well, you can follow us at Cross the Line TNA, which is pretty sweet. Um, also, I mean, uh, we kind of—I think we talked about it last week or the week before, Bob. But we we have made friends with Brian Turner, Brian Turner's VHS Rehab, mm-hmm. uh, super cool dude. Definitely hoping to have him on the show soon. And um, we've been talking a lot. We got a group chat and. He's been telling us a lot of fun stories about uh, some old school TNA, yeah, some yeah. of which some of which he will share in the in the pod when we have him on, some of which he won't. <laughs> so there you go. Yep. Um, but yeah, so let's uh, I don't know about let's get dive right into this, I guess. Um, we got a bunch of fun things to talk about. There's some really interesting backstage notes. There's some drama going on. Uh, during the show, I got a couple fun notes. There's some people who are finished up with the company. There are people who are potentially coming into the company. All kinds of stuff like that. I'm going to continue to tease you because we're going to talk about that during this episode of Impact. Whoa. Okay. Uh, but let's run down the card from last week's show first. I think this is last week's show. Yes, it is. <laughs> Jesus. Um, okay, so... On the last episode of Impact from October 1st, 2004, Jeff Jarrett defeated Brian Gamble in two minutes. Raven defeated Mark Stevens in 58 seconds. Abyss defeated Luther Jackson in a minute 20. The Naturals, Andy Douglas and Chase Stevens, defeated Christopher Daniels and James Storm, who, by the way, are your tag team champions. It was a non-title match. They beat them in three minutes, 35 seconds. And then the main event, the number one contender, Six-way match to determine who will face Petey Williams for the X Division title at Victory Road took place. And AJ Styles defeated Alex Shelley, Chris Sabin, Kazarian, Kid Cash, and Amazing Red in 8 minutes and 33 seconds. Overall, not a bad episode of Impact, uh, we thought. I think it was fun. 
Uh, and, you know, the Naturals definitely uh, earning their shot there, potentially for another title match. Uh, and, I, and I really like that booking of them uh, winning Thank God. non-title against uh, a team that are tag team wrestlers, just not tag team with each other. Right. Yeah, definitely smart. And that main event was pretty good. Uh, a lot of fast-paced action, as you would expect in an exhibition match with, you know, not a single bad wrestler in the match. So, yeah. There was that. Okay, let me get my notes pulled up here, Bob. I think we're going to be starting off with a banger. You ready for this? I was born ready. Okay, well, let's see. The locker room uh, unrest in TNA exploded again on September 28th with an altercation involving Kid Cash and the Naturals and frustration over the company seeming seeming to be going nowhere. Um, and I'll pause there really quick to say, I know I don't really talk about any notes about the show last week. I'm just going to go do this first because I, I already started. <laughs> so the situation involves uh, a lot of the veteran talent frustrated at the push of some of the wrestlers who they consider as unproven, blaming that is the reason that the company is going nowhere. The fingers are constantly pointed at AJ Styles for being a favorite of Dixie Carter, Abyss for being the favorite of Dutch Mantel, Jeff Jarrett who the whole show is built around, and America's Most Wanted, and the Nationals for being the favorites of Bob Ryder. The reaction mm-hmm. is typical, even though in the case of Styles and AMW, they usually were having the best matches on the show when they ran in Nashville. And kind of, this is all connected here. So, um, Kid Cash is back in the doghouse after the latest explosion, which ended up involving the Nationals and Abyss. It started when Cash was yelling at Andy Douglas over getting stabbed in the leg a few nights earlier. <laughs> and we talked about that yeah. last week's show because Andy Douglas came out with that, that tape lag because he was literally stabbed. Right. Um, and now we're going to take a, a brief detour because it once again kind of relates and it kind of comes full circle here. But Because um, about that stabbing, Johnny Devine was also involved. Um, Johnny Devine posted on his website that he's out of the hospital and will probably be returning to Canada. He said that he and Andy Douglas were leaving the Mix Factory nightclub in Nashville late on September 25th to head to another club. A car full of guys started hassling them from a car. Douglas and Devine started yelling back from their car. The wrestlers tried to lose them, but ended up cornered in a parking lot. Devine said that the two wrestlers were beating up the four guys until one of the guys pulled a knife and stabbed them both. He had four hours of surgery, which besides removing his lacerated gallbladder, they also had to reattach his intestine and give him a hernia operation because his abdominal lining was cut. Oh. Yeah, it's pretty fucking brutal. So Divine got, like, pretty fucked up from this. Yeah, way worse. Yeah. Uh, he's hoping to be used on TV in the interim six weeks to three months in a non-wrestling role. But in the meantime, uh, Canadian wrestler Ruffy Silverstein will be taking his spot on Team Canada. So we have a new member of Team Canada for the time being. Okay. Uh, whether fair or not, there was a feeling among several wrestlers in the company that Douglas and Devine, who was still hospitalized at the time, shouldn't have gotten into the fight, blaming them for the fight and blaming them for making the business look bad because they got sliced. Uh, kind of evoking the old-time doctrine that wrestlers who come out on the wrong end of street fights have disgraced the business, even though fighting someone with a knife isn't exactly a fair fight. It, well, I was just going to say, I mean, if you're yeah. having a fist fight and then the guy 
takes out a knife. I mean, come on. I don't care who you are. You're going to fucking probably lose that. Right. Uh, this, this is a typo. This is an old school mentality where wrestlers had to be wary because there, there might be a local who would try to get over in the city or with his friends with the idea that he beat up a TV wrestler at a time when there was a perception of wrestlers were all tough guys, a perception that really isn't there today. Um, so basically, like I said, this will come full circle in just a second. So it's almost like we took the exit before we got back on the highway. But the police report claimed that Douglas and Divine were driving from one club to another, and the guys in the car next to them wanted to drag race. Divine claimed they said no, and the other guys started driving into their car. It was at that point that they got out of the car and the fight started and they got stabbed. Mm. Douglas was still hurt on the September 28th uh, show or taping. I can't remember if it was the, what the date is, so I'm um, sorry if the dates are weird. Uh, and Cash continued to verbally berate him, including calling him a skinny punk and telling him to get on the juice so he could gain some weight, and then he'd beat his ass. <laughs> Jay Stevens, his taking partner, got involved, and Cash started screaming about how they did deserve the push they got, or push that they were getting, and made allegations regarding how they got their push. Uh, the two nearly got into it, except Conan and Monty Brown pulled them apart. Bob Ryder came out and Cash went off on him, saying that this was the problem among the boys and they should stay out of it. He started saying that Ryder can't bully him like he bullies everyone else and saying that you have no options because there's nowhere else to go. Because there is somewhere he can go. Well, there is no doubt Cash is a good working heel. He has wrestling talent. Now, this is Dave's side note. Uh, he's kidding himself if he thinks at his size that he'd get any kind of serious shot in WWE. Cash is now attending college uh, at Middle Tennessee State University, working on a degree in chemistry, and then looking to get out of wrestling in about three years to become a chiropractor. Hmm. And then uh, I think it wraps up here, where Abyss then came out to calm uh, Cash down, particularly since he was mouthing off to Ryder. Cash actually tried to fight Abyss, which... You know, he's at least a foot taller and 100 pounds heavier. Uh, Abyss reportedly grabbed him and held him on the ground and neutralized Cash until others pulled them apart. <laughs> so, some big-time drama here backstage, Bob. <clears throat> yeah, so... I'm trying to wrap my head around all of that. I understand the level of, like, jealousy towards uh, Styles, a uh, naturals, this, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. But um, out of that group, I think I would understand the jealousy more towards the naturals than the other yeah. guys. I mean, because AJ's pretty solidified and has proven yeah. what he can do. Um, Abyss, the potential, I think, is very clear. And it was clear from the get-go. Uh, with what he could do. He's just had some bad booking, I think, in terms of uh, character progre- uh, progression. And then AMW, I mean, they give, they're they the tag team. I mean, there's no <clears throat> there's no debate about that. But, um, you know, an, an unproven thing, too. I like Kid Cash a lot. And, I, and you and I have both said that, mm-hmm. you know, if this was, what, five years later, maybe or whatever, uh, Considering his size, <clears throat> he might have gotten a bigger role. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I or maybe even maybe more than five. But you know what I'm talking about. 
Um, but the whole, you know, they're not proven things. Cash is not a proven draw or, you know, what he's trying to claim here. I mean, in ECW, he was a a mid-card, upper mid-card guy having good matches. No, can't. I mean, I'm not going to ever say Kid Cash is not a good worker, but in terms of, like, turning a business around, uh, Cash has not done that. Right. And if I'm TNA and I'm, you know, backing young talent, I think the guys that we've mentioned that were mentioned in that are the guys I'm going to go with. I understand the Jarrett thing. I agree with the Jarrett thing. I mean, the shows are about him and, you know, he sees himself in a bigger light than what it is, but he also owns the company. So that's just something you're just going to have to deal with. Right. Or he's, you know, in part of the operations of the show. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, we will see what happens. I feel like every every couple of weeks we have a new like crazy kid cash story to talk about. Well, he does not want to be there, and I've I've like I've said before, I've heard like him on the Rene Dupree podcast talking about how like TNA was was the worst place to work for. He hated it both both times he went. Like he went for money, but like he hated it there. So this is an in, I think we're really at a point here where. He does not want to be in TNA, and he is literally trying to find any possible way to get himself out of it. To get out of there, and if yeah. I'm worried that you know he knows that AJ Styles is like Dixie Carter's favorite, I wonder if his rationale at some point here is like, oh, you know, I know AJ is the favorite, so I'll just have to do something to fuck that up, and then I can get out of here. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm definitely Cash, interested to see it keep going here. So Yeah, I mean Cash is one of my favorites, like on, on TNA. I think that he if he was given a bigger heel role, uh, I think he would thrive in it. He thrives in his heel X division role and the heel tag mm-hmm. team thing. His matches with AJ were pretty good, but the uh you know, I know you had said that he was pissed off about having to lose every time. Which I think is a fair thing. I mean he's you gotta win at least yeah. one. You gotta win at least one. You know, an, an example, right? Owen Owen Hart and Bret Hart in 94. Owen, be, Owen beat him one time at WrestleMania 10. And they proceeded to have a feud for like two years. Where lost. Bret beat him. Where Bret beat him everywhere. House shows, paper, TV, whatever. Owen beat him one time. But it was still a draw. You know what I mean? Because it's like, oh, well, he beat him at WrestleMania, his brother, whatever. There's, there's that chance. But if Kid Cash just loses three times in a row... Yeah. The exactly. next time, the next time you run that, we're gonna be thinking, okay, well, Cash is just gonna lose. Now, if he wins that fourth one, it's different. But initially, I mean, or I think the win needs to come on early instead of later. Basically, is what I'm trying to get at. Right. Another example too is uh, Savage and Hogan. I mean, Savage never beat Hogan. He never pinned him. But that's also different because you know Savage has the charisma, likable, lovable, hateable, whatever. I'd say that's a very unique situation. Where the guy never won, but people are still like, I need to, I need to watch it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a fair point. Um, let me jump onto some uh, some notes from the show from last week, and then we can get back to some other stuff. But that was like that was the biggest note I had um, total because it was just like holy shit. <laughs> um, yeah, that's yeah. It was a... I I kind of live for these kid cash updates. I'm not gonna lie. Like, yeah, every time, <laughs> yeah. We're talk- 
Every time we record, I'm like, I wonder if Kid Cash like beat up a guy or yelled at somebody maybe, or, had maybe a, or had an interview. We'll start doing, okay, this is our Kid Cash update for the week. And then that's a whole, <laughs> so, so we do our new, regular news and notes. We do the Kid Cash yeah. update, then explosion in the, in the show. <laughs> right, right. Um, the September 28th tapings, which, yes, by the way, I just double checked, was the last week's show. So they tape on Tuesdays, of course, so the dates get a little bit weird. It was the 10-1 show. That's when it aired. So I've said it like last week. It's going to get fucking confusing. We're just going to fly with it. In fact, it gets really fucking confusing when I do these notes, too, and I have to check my dates 700 times. Um, so the September 28th tapings were considered a big success because and now, mind you, we didn't have a number last week. I had no crowd number, but uh, because after sparse crowds in recent weeks, they were turning people away. So we apparently had a uh, full house on last week's show, and it was a far harder, harder uh, excuse me, far hotter crowd than had been there. Now, you're probably wondering, well, why is that? Well, that is all due to Russ Rollins making his debut. Now, Russ Rollins is the radio DJ guy that we talked about. Uh, so this is more, uh, this is like a dark, no, dark match. No. So the match was planned to be a dark match, but they will likely edit it into Explosion, which airs on the Sunshine Network, to build for the October 9th festival in Orlando, which will include Johnny Fairplay wrestling women and a match with Jeff Jarrett and Johnny B. Bad, managed by Jimmy Hart against Rollins and Dusty Rhodes. Rollins was legit cut in the back of his head from the guitar shot from Bad. So, yes, Johnny B. Bad did turn on his student. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. um, the festival is expected to attract 5,000 to 10,000 fans in downtown Orlando. So the idea to be involved to make TNA a part of the local or Orlando local scene. About 100 to 150 fans left after the Rollins match, but it really emptied out more because they took a 20 minute break before explosion started. Uh, Impact was taped first, by the way. And, and due to the tape problems, they opened the show three times and shut down and a lot of people got tired of waiting. So by the time like explosion happened and everything. We probably had a little bit less than the full house in there, but right. Uh, pretty interesting stuff. Now I do believe next episode, we will discuss that match. The Johnny B. Bad and Jeff Jarrett against Ra Rollins and uh, Dusty Rhodes match. Now, if you're wondering, can I watch this match? Yes, you can. I found it on YouTube last night, but no, you did not. Yes, I did. I got the link. I can send it to you after. If you type in, um, because the show's name is kind of weird. Um, hold on. It's shot very bad, though. And it was very late when I found it, so I did not watch it. I got I to gotta find the name of the show. I'll find it later. I, I mean, I literally have the link on my desktop right here. I can send it to you right now, Bob. Uh, but we'll talk about that, like I said. I cannot believe that you found this. Yeah, I found this match from... It's like Miss Miss Monster in 2004. Or something. Yeah, super weird. Well, because I was thinking, I was like, I wonder like, if this is like around. And yeah, I did. I did find it. Super random, but... Um, let me find my place in the notes again. So yeah, that's the, that's that part. Um, also, as we noted last week, Sonny Sianchi wrestled um, Roderick Strong on Explosion, 
Well, he apparently had some very badly torn trunks during that match, and he was unaware that they ripped and people could see his butt. Who was this? Sonny Siaki. Okay. So during the this, explosion match, his butt was out. This match is 20 minutes long? Yeah. I mean, there's a little bit of an intro, but yeah. Okay, it's got a lot of an, a lot of an intro. Okay, sorry, go ahead. That, that's just a... Uh, Bonus episode! <laughs> That's no. I cannot believe that. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's nuts. Um, also on our last episode, they introduced... Now, I'm going to read how he says it, and I'm going to correct him. Uh, they had videos to reintroduce Pat Kenny, Johnny Swinger, and Glenn Gilberti, and Trinity. Now, they did not show Pat Kenny in those videos. No, they did not. For the record, it was not. It was Swinger, Gilberti, and Trinity. Um but they uh, will be con- – it says – although, wait a second. He does say, well, then the latter three will continue their New York connection gimmick. But I don't remember seeing anything about Pat Kenny, so I'm just going to say it's still incorrect. Because they did have the New York connection video, and they're going to yeah. continue yeah. without Vito, who appears to be gone. Uh, and because his only ally was Russo. If I had to guess, they're only promoting probably Gilberti Swinger and Trinity, and then Pat Kenny would be like a swerve addition when they arrive again. Yeah, and of course, as we've talked about before, um, he's potentially going by the name the Empire Saint. Right. He's going to be like a vigilante or whatever. Which I famously, for some reason, did not understand that when I tweeted him once, but yeah. Right. We don't have to keep bringing up my mistakes. That's okay. Um, yeah, I don't remember seeing a Pat Kenny video, video at all, and he definitely was not involved in that second no. video. So, no. uh, I think there's a bit of a confusion in that note there. But um, Okay, so now we have a bunch of other random things. I guess let me go back to the top, top here because this is a pretty interesting one. Um, and I know I was teasing people not being with the company. This is not the one. There's one we're going to talk about during the show. But we talked about... I think it was in the last episode about uh, Jerry Jarrett's book. He talks about Vince Russo in a not very nice light. Well, Vince Russo has gave his notice after seeing his portrayal in Jerry Jarrett's book and theoretically will be gone after November 7th, which, of course, is Victory Road. So he gave a notice after reading what was said about him in the book? Mm-hmm. Wow. Now... Uh, it kind of goes into this. So it's no secret that Russo was frustrated at his lack of input, although publicly he acted as if he didn't care and whatever happened in wrestling, he was fine with. He felt at the meetings that when he was involved, they didn't listen to him. He and Dutch Mantel were philosophically different. And when he'd bring up his success, they'd bring up his failures. Uh, he's telling friends it's not a power play, but he was still bringing up to his friends about how he's never given control at any point. These ideas that can turn things around. He said he wouldn't talk publicly about the situation currently out of uh, respect for Jeff Jarrett, who was who has several family health issues to deal with, um, because at this point, his wife is battling cancer again. And um, uh, Jerry Jarrett also is having some issues, too, again. Uh, And so he's dealing with that besides the pressure of the company. So Russo wanted to respect him and not make us worse for him. That's nice. That's a respectable thing. Um, I like the notion here that he has ideas that would change the company around. It makes you really wonder, doesn't it? 
Yeah, because I, I mean, your show is on, at least you're like in New York, three o'clock in the afternoon on a Friday. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to come up with a really good idea for people to tune in at that time. You know what I mean? Like It, ma- it makes me so curious, dude. Yeah. I don't know. This is like one of those weird things. And maybe I'm like psycho to even think this or something. But if he's got, I want him to do, I want him to do his ideas. Like, I want to see this happen. Not necessarily team. I'm saying in general. Like, someone let him do this. I want to see if it works. Because I'm just that curious of like what it is. Now, we know. We watched WCW 2000. We we watched the early TNA. We lo- we know that Crash TV. Some people love it. Yeah. I mean, it's a little chaotic for me. I mean, that's what the Attitude Era was too, pretty much, right? I mean, it was just like chaos. Oh my god, yeah. So, which different time? We got to stop bringing up the Attitude Era all the time. It's fucking the ninety. We're in the uh, early two thousands now. We're over that. Yeah. No, yeah, Attitude Era stuff is, like, tough to rewatch because it's just, like, as a kid, I'm just like, wow, I fucking believed this stuff? Like, they were going to kill Steve Austin in a fucking hospital room or whatever? <laughs> well, that, anyway. And then, and also, too, like, what sucks now is, like, you know, I'm 33 or whatever, and I'll be sitting here watching the show, and all I can think of is, like, there's a cameraman in the room. As, like, Val Venus is about to get his penis chopped off. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, that's suspension of disbelief. is like, there's somebody else. And he's not stopping it. Nothing's happening. <laughs> yeah, like, what are we doing? It's like, like if a girl gets uh, kidnapped or something. There's a guy with a camera, like, running as they're throwing her in the car. I'm just like. Hey, man, they're told not to get involved. He's not gonna do anything. And like you watch the shows, there's like a whole bunch of felonies that are happening and they just show up the next <laughs> week. You know, it's like guy gets ran down in the parking lot. That's like attempted murder, but it's like, I did it. And I'm not gonna press criminal charges, but I'm gonna see you at No Mercy, pal. I did it for the rock. I did it for the rock. Stuff like that. Yeah, I don't think wrestling, wrestling's wild. Oh, wild, you know man. what? We have experienced that here in TNA with Eric Watts when he almost he was gonna do yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna get you, Jeff. I could have done it. Well, actually, there's been a couple times, really, because even early on, the new church was grabbing people and, like, stripping them down. And, like, like Bill Barron's was had his pants down and he was yeah. tied up in the back. And, like, and what's his name? Uh, was it? No, not Jackie Fargo. Oh, my God. What's the president's name in the beginning? Because they did it to him, too. Oh, yeah. What was his name? Holy shit. I can't think of his name. I can't remember. Yeah, I, know, I know who you're talking he was the NWA president in like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. four weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Uh, we'll see. We'll see if uh, Russo is uh, what's going to happen there. Will I have a note about that next week? Yep. So we'll talk about that more next week. <clears throat> but this is, and this is also typical Russo behavior. Anytime it gets tough or he loses any semblance of control, and I guess in this case he really didn't have any, he just leaves. WCW well, is like, oh, booking committee. He's like, I'll just leave. And so we left. Well, it's also interesting, though, because at this time he's going to that ministry school and, like, he's, like, been trying kind of to get out anyways. And mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's weird. Um, the plan 
was Jeff Jarrett versus Jeff Hardy, and not Monty Brown, as was originally planned, Bob. Uh, with the idea of Hardy means more to the mainstream media for November 7th. Now, you're thinking, well, okay, that seems to make sense, right? I think we all kind of think that makes sense, watching what we're seeing. Yeah. Well, of course, uh, Hardy was doing everything possible to make sure that that does not happen. <laughs> so after the decision was made, apparently, to go to Hardy, he not only no-showed the September 28th impact taping, which he was scheduled for a squash match win over David Young, but he also never even called in before the show to let them know or have any explanation. Um, they still pushed him for the show next week, which is the show we're about to watch, even though they have not heard from him. So. Jeff Hardy uh, trying to screw things up before they even happen. Fantastic. Sounds like Jeff Hardy. Just disappointing. Um. Now, kind of continuing on with that, though, uh, Hardy had told people that he left a miserable company to come to another miserable company. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, he was excited at one point about being here, but quickly realized that the whole promotion was just a vehicle for Jarrett and quickly was losing interest. It was a risk pushing him to begin with, though. And then um, now, of course, I'd say at this point in time, we probably have a little bit less understanding about people who have substance abuse issues and all that kind of stuff. So Dave kind of goes into like people just don't uh, basically they don't understand that there's good reason that he was let go by the company, blah, blah, blah. But uh, of course, he was uh, seemingly dealing with some issues at this point as well. Uh, it also appears here that they are building for, and I think this is very obvious. We just talked about it too. They're building for a Team Canada versus Three Life Crew versus America's Most Wanted versus Triple X match, or possibly having Chris Harrison primetime and Storm and Daniels in a mix and match teams as the tag team title match as the pay per view. No, come on. I do not want that to happen. I will do any. I want them. We to, already had that. I want them to vacate the titles. No. Yes. Yes, we need to vacate the titles. No, just have the Naturals win it and then do a four-way at uh, the pay-per-view. Okay, fine. We can do that, too. But we need our regular teams back. Yeah, we need the regular teams back. We don't need to vacate the titles. I mean, I don't even understand how you would like pull that off. You vacate them and then you say, okay, you're back with your partner. This isn't working. No, that can't, be a, that can't be a justifiable thing. I think it could. Well, I think you're wrong, so... You, you know? can't just be like, hey, you guys aren't tagged partners. And then you could easily be like, well, why did you sign the match? Uh, it was wrong because the championship committee did it when the power guy wasn't there. And I don't know, you can just you could do some bullshit there. Yeah, I don't think so. I think that they just need to get the titles on a regular tag team and go from there. You know, it's fine that you think that, but I think that there's definitely ways around it. I'm not fucking wrong, dude. Res- respectfully, we both have good opinions here. Listen. Anybody, anybody listen to this? I know we won't hear about this until about, over about a month later. But, okay, go on Twitter and then be like, I'm Team Bob or I'm Team Dallas. And we will do a hashtag. Okay, and then we'll know what you're talking about. Now, we probably hashtag. won't know what you're talking about. We probably won't know what you're talking about because I'm going to forget this conversation even happened. But Basically, what I'm, I'm finding out here is that Bob Bob's getting a little heated to me, and uh, he's not going to come not, over to my house tonight. And yeah, could you? Imagine? We're not we're not getting the pizzas. I ain't coming over because uh, you didn't agree with me on uh, the tag title situation. The thing is, in the thing is, 
The thing is, I like your idea better, but I'm saying there is options there. Well, here's the thing. My idea may be better or logical amongst people, but then TNA seems to have the track record of like not doing uh, the better option. So they probably will vacate the titles and be like, I was going to say, yeah, this is TNA. We can't forget that. Yeah, they'll, they'll figure something out. Yeah. Um, anyway, I only got a couple more things here. Uh, a couple more quick things. Uh, and then we can get into the show. Finally, uh, they're planning on uh, speaking of, this is speaking of, um, Victory Road. Uh, they are planning on marketing a weekend in Orlando with a combination fan fest on November 6th in the pay-per-view, which will come from Universal, which but we forgot about that. They announced that last week, that it's officially coming from the Universal Studios. And this will be at a $49.95 price tag. Uh, and what? I think we, we'll oh, talk the, about that, too. The fan the, fest combo. The fan fest, not the pay, okay. Well, no, I don't think... We're going to talk about it more. Not on pay-per-view. It's not. There's not no pay-per-view. way I was paying 50 this bucks for that show. This is a ticket, a combo ticket deal. Yeah, okay. Right. right. Uh, and at this point, we also talked about this last week, too, I believe. At this point, there, so there was someone to do this TV special on FSM. Uh, Jared kind of wants that Clash of the Champions kind of feel. Um, so kind of going off of that, they're now look along the lines of TNA taping some special matches in October. And they would do a TNA week on the best damn sports show period, probably the first week of November to plug the pay-per-view, where they would show a main event match every night, as well as have a TNA guest. Uh, FSN is hot for idea because the highest rated BDSSP, oh, that's best damn sports show network, period. Yeah, okay, got it. Best damn sports show period. I literally didn't know what that meant at first. I got it, though. We're good. <laughs> was when they aired a live heavyweight fight with James Tony, and one of the highest ever was a Robbie Lawler UFC match a few years ago. So they love the idea about putting some wrestling on. So we'll see what happens with those. Stay tuned. I think it's a good idea, even though they're doing better ratings than the Best Dance Sports Show. Yeah, which is really funny. Which, actually, thank you for bringing up ratings, because I would have lost this note because it's so tiny. Uh, TNA Impact from September 17th. Did a 0.19 rating, and the September 24th show drew a 0.2 rating. Wow. So, you know, it's the same shit. I don't even know how we have these numbers when they said they weren't reporting it, but here we are. Yeah. Who knows if it's bullshit or not? Okay, two more things, and then. They're probably not accurate, those ratings. I mean, that's- I mean realistically, yeah. Um, although the IWA deal is more TNA sending talent to Puerto Rico than TNA getting talent from Puerto Rico, Ray Gonzalez, the top star in Puerto Rico, was at the Impact tapings but didn't wrestle. The deal with Dutch Mantel is that every time Jeff Jarrett goes to IWA as champion, Mantel will get a $500 booking fee and be flown in for the show. Jerry Jarrett insisted on Mantel being cut into the deal because they were cutting him out of his existing WWC deal. So whenever Jarrett gets booked, Mantel's getting 500 bucks. Yeah. And flown in. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and finally, this is going, we're going to chat about that Burt Prentice, Jerry Jarrett situation. USA Championship Wrestling, the group that Burt Prentice is running that Jerry Jarrett was supposed to be booking, ran its return show on October 2nd in Nashville at the fairgrounds. Did you just say USWO? USA Championship Wrestling. 
Oh, USA Championship. Okay. Uh, this was a test, as Jarrett was hoping TNA had cultivated an audience in Nashville that the Carters were giving up. The show, without giving free tickets, did how many people, do you think, Bob? How many people, no free tickets, came to this show? And this is at the fairgrounds, right? This is at the fairgrounds. Okay. No, uh, do I know, do we know who's on the card? I was going to, I can tell you that if you want me to skip ahead. Okay. Tell me the card. And then I'll guess I, the amount of people there. I don't have like full matches, but I do have some notes about who. Yeah, the name, name, names of people. Yeah. Okay, so TNA wrestlers, including Storm, was being used as a referee. Michael Shane in the Naturals, as well as Ryan Wilson, who, of course, TNA wants to groom for stardom, but he's very green right now, so they kept. Wait, James TV. Storm was used as a referee. Yep. Um, as well, Bob, there's even more. Eighties mm-hmm. territory veteran Ken Wayne. One of, one of my wow, all-time okay. favorite uh, 80 Territory veterans. I don't even know who Ken and Wayne is. I have fucking no idea who Ken Wayne is. Zero idea. No. Uh, and OVW's Joey Matthews was even there. Oh. So with those names, if that was what was advertised to you, how many people do you think are going, paying paying money to go to this show? Do we know? I need, I need, I need information. Do we know how much the tickets cost? Okay, so I don't know if we really do, but if I'm remembering correctly, our, our friend Brian Turner sent us a screenshot of something, and I think the ticket prices were on it. Really? I don't know if I can find it uh, in the in the group chat this moment. I want to say it was like, if I'm remembering the number, it was like 10 or 15 bucks maybe. Okay, so let's say it's like 15 for front and then 10 for... Yeah, let's just say that for the sake of trying to figure this out. Okay, so 2004. Oh, wait, I got it. I, this is it. Return to the... I, yeah, it is a, it's the show. Uh, ringside okay. was $12. In general, was $10. Uh, bell time was 8 p.m. The box office opened at 6 p.m. It was the return to Four Corners. So they even are like, we're bringing back four-sided rings to the fairgrounds. That's <laughs> hilarious. So, and that's... We got that. Remember this? He sent that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I didn't realize that was what that was. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm gonna say. Okay, I'm kind of a Joy Matthews like Mark, especially around this era. For some reason, I just I really liked his uh, persona and just right, right. overall work. I do like the Naturals. Um, I mean, I would probably go, especially if it's like ten bucks. I mean, that's not a big deal. I'm going to say that they got, you know what, the, the tone of which you said, ask me, means they probably didn't get a lot. Uh, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go 300. Well, you're pretty close, Bob. They got 175. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, I don't know if the I, I I think okay I think one of the biggest issues here though is we've talked about it a lot in the past couple of years they conditioned a hundred the Nashville fans to get free tickets right to see bigger stars I'll say, to see big that's what I'm getting at so to see a bigger wrestling show than they probably normally would um, so then you do you try to do this big thing and you're using TNA stars but wait oh now I gotta pay for them. Right. Why am I going to pay to see the Naturals when I've 
for six months, been able to go in there for nothing for a better seat. I mean, you look, we've seen them brawl in the crowd. It's like, there's not a bad seat in that joint. Right. So yeah, no. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some, so yeah, that happened. I'm sure actually even some of your indie notes, we might be hearing about the show in the next couple week or two or three. Right. I don't know. Depending. Yeah, so. probably, yeah. But you but, know, it's also funny is like, they couldn't get people to pay to watch that bigger show. So then, like, how would you expect them to pay to see a regional, like a smaller production right. and smaller whatever? Right, right, exactly. So very interesting, nonetheless. Okay, let let's talk about explosion, and we can finally get into the show. And I got I got more notes during the show. Um, they're, they, you know, they're a little bit more snippety, but, uh, I think there's some good stuff still. Yeah. Um, so explosion number 98, according to the cage match, it was taped on, I believe October 5th. Yeah. October, Cause that's the day of this taping. Uh, and it aired explosion aired on October 9th, 2004. So the day after impact and it featured the following matches. Now I will start off by saying this very first match. I have some conflicting reports on. I'm going to read the cage match one, and then I'm going to read you the one that I have listed for the observer notes, which I feel like is probably more accurate. But uh, three life crew, BG James Conan, and Ron Killings. Now they have it listed on cage match is defeating Bruce Steele, Gabriel, and Nate Webb. Now, according to the other notes I have, they defeated Ryan O'Reilly, Scott Passer, and. Uh, I don't even know how to say this guy's name. I don't think it's like George Costano. So it's very, very different. George Costanza from the uh, Seinfeld. No, not the same guy. I don't think maybe Uh, it's Uh, a character. Is a joke. You know what? I never. I also don't watch Seinfeld. Yeah. So you also didn't know who uh, Nikita Koloff was. Actually, no. Nikita Koloff, dude. Let me just take a second here. The the. The series that he had with Magnum TA in 1986, man. I mean, top tier. So um, the other matches that happened on Explosion, and now I'm going to reiterate that we kind of talked about it from earlier about last week, but these were taped after Impact. Keep that in mind. Okay. Uh, Michael Shane and Frankie Kazarian defeated Jurel Clark and Mikey Bats. Sonny Siaki and Amazing Red and Saban defeated Alex Shelley. Must, oh, God. Maso Inu Masa. Hold on. I know how to say this and I messing it up. I just said his name last week, I think. Masayo Inu. He's a Japanese wrestler. I'm sorry if you're a fan of his. I'm sorry. Uh, and uh, also, Vordell Walker was on the losing team there. Uh, Christopher Daniels and Primetime and Chris Harris and James Storm defeated the team of Petey Williams, Bobby Roode, Eric Young, and that's right. Ruffy Silverstein, the other new member of Team Canada. I'm really curious to see who this Ruffy Silverstein guy is. I am wondering if we're ever going to see him on TV. Oh, I mean, we have to, right? I I don't know. I'm just it's saying. six weeks. Or three months or whatever they're saying. I will honestly see him, too, so I'm hoping. Um, okay. That's it, Bob. That's all I got to get us going here. That's funny. 
And we'll we'll talk about these other notes I got during uh, video packages during the show, or if a match for some reason is boring as shit, I will I will throw a note in there. But it's pretty much what I got, Bob. I'm ready to get into this episode of Impact. If you are awake, it's hard to tell. No, I'm not awake. I'm not. Oh. Just, I'm just texting my mother. Oh Jesus, freaking mom, mom, mama, Bob, can you stop? Yeah, I'm busy. We have an extremely long episode of Impact to watch, apparently. It's yeah. 50, 51 minutes, 52 seconds. <laughs> Approximately. Approximately. I bet you, I'm going to guess right now, 20 minutes of this is video packages. I don't know, man. We have two matches that are probably going to go at least 10 minutes each. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair point. So that's 20 minutes right there. But then where does all the 30 minutes come from? Okay, well, it doesn't matter. We'll find out. <laughs> yeah, we go. Uh, all right, if you guys want to watch along with us, head over to the Impact Plus app or... You can find it in your own personal collection. I'm going to count down from three, and when I say play, that is when you're going to want to watch along with us or just continue listening. So here we go. Three, two, one, play. This is TNA, the new face of professional wrestling. And, of course, we're jumping right into a highlight package, which I understand. It's a TV show. You got to do a little bit of a recap here. I get it. I'm not going to complain. So we're seeing the Naturals defeat Daniels and Storm. They're like, can you believe that? Team Canada's watching, like, yeah, you guys are fools. And then here's primetime, like, yo, get away from my partner. He's got a hurt shoulder. Do not touch my partner. And then Harris is in here like, yeah, I look like Triple H from 2000. What about it? Or 99. What about it? And then here comes AJ Styles. There's going to be a six-man match. That's how he became the number one contender. Yeah, this was a really fun (laughs) six-way match. Code red. I'd love to shave Amazing Red's head. Right about this time. Why would you want to do that? I don't like the. the he looks like it's. It's like Ronald McDonald looking hair, kind of. <laughs> oh I'm sorry. Right. I don't like when he takes the do rag off and then shakes his hair. Like, it's very weird to me. Oh my god, dude! I forgot all about this, dude. The outsiders and Jarrett threw the pick. Right. I spoke to the same outsiders as you. Who, who are the outsiders? Who throws toothpicks these days? Hmm, I don't know. Victory Road. I guess you weren't wrong about video packages. We already have one. Well, and you know, I was just saying that I you can't even be mad about that one in the beginning of the TV because. It's TV now, so I can't even be as mad yeah. about it. No, no, no. Total nonstop action wrestling impact. And there we go. We still have the same shitty song. Holy shit, I need this to change. It very much upsets me when we hear this not good version of a theme song. Here we go. The impact zone. Wait, do I have a number of people in the crowd? I didn't even check. Hold on. I do not. I do not have a number 
this week or next week. So we're just going to have to go with it. 700. I mean, realistically, it's probably about that. Whoa, dude, pyro time. Still have the bad music. I wonder if they're going to get better music after the pay-per-view. Yeah, probably. Here comes Abyss. All right. Abyss has one indie note. Uh, And it looks like, I don't even know where this is. I'm assuming this might be Germany. I don't even know. October 2nd, Abyss lost to Ayers for SWF on Fire 4. Wow. I believe that AJ said. What a match. Oh, okay. Oh, main, you want to hear the main event for this show? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, Diamond Dallas Page defeated Disco Inferno to win the SWF Heavyweight Championship. That's the main event? Yeah. And Scott Damore was in Disco's corner. Oh, my God. What the fuck? So, all right, so this is in Switzerland. Okay. Uh, here comes Jeff Hardy, who does not have his weird ring jacket on. The pyro literally falls on top of his head, which is really odd. Look the sweet laser lights behind him, though. I'm a fan of those. I'm glad Jeff Hardy showed up tonight. Holy, what was that? Is that a hint to Hogan? He just did the air guitar. Oh, my God. Don't even talk like that. Could you imagine if he teased Hulk Hogan? Yeah, right. Um one of our listeners, uh, our buddy Lance over on Twitter, he he tweeted about wanting that Hardy shirt that he's got on his like waist there. He's not actually wearing it tonight. And he found someone selling it for like $400 online. I wonder if it's Jeff Hardy. Selling it for $400. $400. Dallas, if you had no responsibilities, you would definitely pay $400 for that. No, I don't know if I really would. I, for a shirt, dude, the most I paid for a shirt, like a vintage wrestling shirt, I think it was like 50 bucks. Really? Yeah, my... um. Okay, so this match has a 15-minute time limit. I would say these matches can't have judge decisions. I don't want judge decisions on these. Uh, but the shirt I bought that is in question, Bob, is my vintage CM Punk shirt hmm. that I wore when I met him. And he was like, couldn't believe it. I, um, for I think, uh, what was it, Christmas or something? Anniversary? I don't know. I didn't pay for it, but <laughs> Sarah bought me uh, a slat nut shirt. Oh. Shit. Uh, eBay, and uh, it's, it's a, like, like a, it's a WCW one. Oh man, I'm pretty I didn't know sure you had that. That's awesome. Yeah, and uh, it was like seventy five bucks. Woo! Right. So then I get it in the mail, and I'm like, "Yeah, I got it." And she goes, "Is that used?" And I go, "Yeah." And she's like, "I spent seventy five dollars on a used T-shirt." Oh no! <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah." And she's like, "What?" <laughs> That's pretty cool though. Yeah. You freaking wash it. Although some of the old shirts like that, you got to be careful with. Yeah, yeah. My punk one, for example, uh, it's not ruined. It was already old looking. But some of the ink bled on some of the oh. white 
parts of yeah it's i mean it's i that's a shirt i'm not gonna like casually wear like i'm just not i wore it once and i washed it once and i should have hand washed it but you know we learn we learn yeah i remember i i was like wearing that shirt this lap note shirt like in the summer and uh Wait, I took JB and Don West are talking to us. It, like we came back from commercial, and it's them talking about the TNA weekend party here. Yeah. What's so confusing? I just well, hearing what they're saying. This is a weird segment. Autograph session on Saturday, and then on Sunday, you're guaranteed a ticket to Victory Road. Then. There's gonna be a post-show party when it's over, and you're invited. All the TNA superstars, I'm sure, they will all be there. All of them. Forty-nine dollars. Now I'll tell you right now, if I lived in Orlando, I would do this. Oh, I know you would. Interaction. So total nonstop interaction, uh, which is the A of TNA. It's interaction. What the heck? TNA has six appeal, a six-sided Oh, break. my. What is this? Six points of impact. Six. Wait, are those like the old dan- cage dancers? I think so. Whoa! The other guys? Oh, Jesus. Oh, they're saying they're squares. They're just uh-huh. big old square. The joy of six. So that was like a little segment, a little video knocking on a four-sided ring. Very interesting. We're already knocking our competition for having a normal wrestling ring. I've literally never seen something like that before in my life. No. I say that, but I definitely love the six-sided ring. Just saying. Love. I love the six-sided ring. I'm sure you do. I do. When they bring it back in, like, what is it? Is it, like, 2014 or something like that? Or is it later than that, even? I don't even remember. The six sides? Yeah. 2015? I don't know. I'm, I'm saying dates. It's around that time. Uh-huh. How many times do they switch back and forth? Because now they're back to four, aren't they? They, well, yeah. So they, spoiler alert, in 2010, they obviously switched to right. four yeah, sides. And then then it was like after Hogan and Bischoff left. Oh, Abyss has his chain, but look, Jeff Hardy's tying him up. Uh, but then, oh, he trips him. Uh, then after they left, Dixie Carter, they did like a fan vote. Like, do the fans want it back? Right. Then they brought it back. And then I believe once we got Anthem in, they switched it back. Drop kick, abyss into the corner, drops down. He's going to do that basement kick. Stole that from Kazarian, no big deal. Oh, Hardy, whisper in the wind. Jeff Hardy, Jeff, sorry, Jarrett defends the title at Victory Road. Flatliner of sorts there for a two count. 
He's so hard to pin, Mike. Can you believe this? Um, oh, wait. Shock treatment. Is he going to hit it? Oh, oh he shit. Does. He did. Wow. Now, he doesn't win with this move. And, of course, he's going for a cover. And the shoulder's barely down. <laughs> he kicked out. Shocking. I love how the, they're always shocked. How did I not win with it? I've never won before. Um, that match, the Johnny B. Bad and Jarrett versus Russ Rollins and Dusty Rhodes match, I, it's very hard to tell for me when I was trying to listen, but I believe Mark Tenet is on commentary in that. Okay. Not Don Lust, though. Hardy, twist of fate? Yeah. Well, he hit it. Jeff Hardy's doing a strip tease for us. Is he going to go for the Swanton? He's pretty far out. I think he could hit it still, and he does, but Abyss moves. Yeah, he would have. He would have hit him probably perfectly, too. Yeah, that would have been actually really nice looking, but Abyss says, fuck you. He's going for a choke slam. Now, if you notice, Bob, he keeps not doing the black hole slam. Mm-hmm. And goes for the choke snap. Oh, no, roll up. Oh. Hardy won. There was seven minutes, seven minutes and one second remaining in that match, but Hardy got the pin on Abyss. So maybe they're not as sour on Hardy as uh, the, the rumors are saying. Well, you also got to think of the investment. They probably gave him a bunch of money, and they're going to give up on him after a month. Keep sh- no showing. I mean, you might not have a choice. There he is. There he is. There's Ruffy. Team Canada talking with Larry Zabisco saying, hey, you gave us a title match last week. Shane Douglas is looking very concerned. Ruffy Silverstein here in the background looking like a fish out of water. He does not have a Team Canada jacket. Yeah. He he looks like Kazarian when he shaves his head. I was just going to say that. Earn your way up, Zabisco saying. You'll be the first one to know. I thought you were going to be the one honorable person in this company. Obviously, I was wrong. You're just like all the rest. You don't want to give us what we earned. We'll do what we've always done. We'll take it. And yeah. Zabisco's like, Bleh! and then pushes him. Up next. Uh, James Storm and Daniels. And one half of Triple X, Daniels. Okay. Oh, Daniels and what? Storm team up next. What is this? My hand take all the judgment. That's Pat Kenny. Okay. Yeah. Yes, that is Pat Kenny. Thy kingdom come. This is weird. There we go. Empire of Saint. There we go. We're getting our package. Hey, I got a note about this voiceover. So we're getting that, that package here. So hold on, hold on, hold on. I got to find my freaking note. Uh, even though WWE officials are supposed to be banned from having any contact with those in TNA, uh, apparently, they're very interested in the guy who narrates these videos. <laughs> really? Yeah. Pretty interesting. 
Well, here comes Daniels, half of the NWA Tag Team Champions. Is this new music? Yes, it is. Oh, here comes Scott Demore. He did say he was going to come take it. Oh, but James Storm's music is starting to play, so. Leeds find a defendant guilty. Oh, the cameraman got too far. Uh, yeah, yeah, he did. Oh, they're supposed to be facing Dallas and Kid Cash, they just said. Wow. Oh, what the hell? Team Canada, including Ruffy, are attacking the Tag Team Champions right now. That was a Demort swerve. Oh, yeah, there is Ruffy. You know, good for Ruffy for getting in here. Oh, stop, Mike, today. Today, you know exactly who that is. It's Ruffy. Silver, was it Ruffy? Silverstein. Silverstein. Don't you fuck this up. Okay, well, they're beating the shit out of these guys, so I have a feeling the match is not about to happen. Yeah, not at this rate. Nah. Or if it were to happen, Cash and Dallas are about to win the tag team title. Hey, there's uh, Triple H circa 2000. Oh, wait a minute. No, it's Chris Harris. I like to look for him, though. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, it reminds me of Triple H in 2000. He can pull off that beret very good. Where's Elix Skipper? Give him a second. Um, and I, I have another note I was supposed to say during the last match, Bob, as Skipper runs in. Oh, time. Um, and that was that after spending more than a month building up the Abyss versus Alex Shelley situation, um, Abyss appears in limbo and they have dropped the program. So we're Abyss never going to... limbo? What does that mean? I, I'm assuming it's talking about like him kind of being involved more in the heavyweight stuff instead, instead of being in that story. Well, I mean, the story was really between Abyss and Goldilocks anyway, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, he was jealous of Shelley, but he was jealous and, that Goldilocks is, was giving him attention. Right, and as we noted, Goldilocks is pretty much done right. from what we can tell. Yeah, I mean, he got the revenge, I guess you could say, by hitting that backbreaker. So, I mean, I, I don't think that drop storyline is that big of a deal. Here is three life crew, BG James and Ron and Conan. And Conan, they're all here. And they got the title in their hands, swinging it. Be Jizzle. Canada. AMW Triple X. There was only yeah. one team missing that, here, and that's who? the Naturals. The Naturals, yeah. That's right. And I'll does just that, say, man. Does that kind of say something to us here that maybe the Naturals are seen as the fifth team? Ooh, I don't like that idea at all. But you know what? Let's. Andy Douglas is technically injured, he was working. That's true. I did get stabbed. So I'm going to say we're going to... And where does that leave Cash in Dallas? Six? Oh, man. What about Mikey and Jarrell? Seven? Yeah. Uh, we got another Victory Road segment here, Bob. And I have a rumor about someone who's coming in for the November 7th pay-per-view. Okay. There is talk. That's right. It's me. It's me. 
It's DDP that will be coming in for the November 7th pay-per-view. Now, it has not been confirmed, but the talk is that he would be part of the Outsiders group that is coming wow, in. Wow, what? He is the one guy that never joined. Any no, of he's the not. Yeah, is the outsider of TNA, Bob. It's different. It's not the same one. I don't know, man. It's kind of the same idea. I love this, I love this video package that they're playing. It's kind of like talking about all the big parts of TNA. Although they should really not advertise an Ultimate X unless they're doing an Ultimate X. Yeah, that could be misleading. But honestly, they probably should do an Ultimate X. The first three-hour pay-per-view like this, trying to get new eyes on the product, why do you not want to do that? Yeah. I would. Or maybe, I mean, they could probably just space it out, you know what I mean? Yeah, you can do it for different Maybe ones. like the second or third pay-per-view, like, oh, yeah, hey, check yeah. this one out. Another... Hey, I'm Jeff Hammond. He's still on location. So he's like gone. Okay, is the audio super weird for you, Bob? Is it oh you have only one plug-in? I have it only in my right ear as Jeff Hammond is talking. No, audio sounds fine to me. It's like the Oh wait, 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 wait. Dude, it's like only, okay. it's mostly in one ear. So in one ear, it's like perfect. And if I put it in my right ear, there's an echo. The echo's in the right ear, yeah. Yeah. Basically, he's just running down a bunch of the exhibition stars right now and stuff talking about. This is a very odd six points of impact. He just got rid of Goldie. There you go. That's the first mention of her like not being here. Yeah. Look at that wicked old. That's like his first match they're showing him like video from. Jarrell Clark. Jarrell Clark. Jarrell Clark, friend of the show. Killing it here with Mikey Bats. He recently uh, commented about how they got a contract after one of their impact matches. Yeah. It was just super cool. We're showing um, Hector Garza, LaParque. And some of Team Mexico here, too, which is very odd. Gauntlet match. There's a oh. gauntlet match of victory road. Oh. I'm Jeff Hammond. Okay, okay so, so all those guys are going to be in. Yeah, so all those guys are going to be in a gauntlet. Oh, okay. That explains That why makes that more looks. sense, yeah. <laughs> this makes way more sense. Okay, and here comes Roger Strong. Okay. Now, we haven't seen Roderick since, like, July, I think. But I'm not going to list every single thing he's done on the Indies because... uh, Because he's he's super active, yeah. I would say, if you want to give us a couple recent ones, we could. Yeah. Uh, He's taking on AJ. AJ's a lot quicker. He he was also on that Swiss show that Abyss was on back on October 2nd, and he defeated Mark Rudin. I think that's mm. how you say that name, but whatever. Uh, as for Roderick Strong, he's been on Explosion um, several times since his last televised appearance, which was on 
I think the July, what was it? July something here. July 15th, or no, July 16th, excuse me, when he lost to Alex Shelley since that time. He's made several Ring of Honor appearances. He's associated with Generation Next, which is with uh, Aries and Jack Evans. And uh, I believe Shelley's in that too. Uh, let's see, there's anything really of note here. Uh, August 28th, he lost to Ace Steel at a Ring of Honor's Scramble Cage Mealy in Brain Tree, Massachusetts. September 4th, he lost to Mikey Bats at NWA Florida Back for More in Clearwater, Florida. Uh, he teamed up with Alex Shelley on September 16th to defeat Chris Hero and Nigel McGinnis at IWA Mid-South's uh, IWA Homecoming in New Albany, Indiana. September 17th, he lost to Samoa Joe in the first round of the Ted Petty Invitational in Highland, Indiana. And the last one I'll mention here is on September 24th, he lost to Austin Aries in the first round mad, first round of the FIP Heavyweight Title Tournament at FIP Emergence Night 1 in Tampa. Styles just ran across one of the sides of the apron and flipped over the post on to Roderick Strong on the floor. Now, these two have had some good matches. In, Long- like, Ring of Honor? Or- yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Um, since this is, uh, this is X Division, we just talked about X Division, I know I'll share with you here, Bob, and that is that Sanjay Dutt will be back in action at the end of, his, end of the month after his dislocated elbow injury. So oh. he should be back in time, just in time, hopefully, for that gauntlet. He should be, yeah. So we're getting reminded that Styles and Williams will be facing off for the exhibition title at Victory Road. I am extremely excited for Victory Road, Bob. We are under a month away from watching that show. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Styles keeping control here with a form. Sends Strong into the corner. Oh! Strong got Posey in the way, and the eye rake Styles. What a cheer. Oh, he's dirty. He's doing the finger thing like, what a heel. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. Styles on the apron. Yeah, bad drop to the apron. Goes oh. for a shoulder ramp, but it's kicked by Strong. Oh, double underhook. Elevated over the middle rope. Gut oh. buster, backbreaker type of thing here. A rib breaker. I thought it was more of a shoulder breaker, but well, it's a breaker. Well, I think he was going for a backbreaker, but You're he probably didn't fully right, rotate yeah. him over. Yeah. Because he's the master of the backbreaker. That's just like his gimmick. Oh, we have so many masters here. we got the master of the backbreaker, the master of the Hurricane Rana, the master of the Spine Buster. Yep. The master Ace. of the Swanton. It can, I mean, I guess technically. Master of the Stroke, master yeah, of the Styles Clash. There's a nice Phil Nelson backbreaker. That was nice. The crowd popped for that one, too. They were I'm like, I'm telling oh. you, dude, this Roderick Strong can pull off a backbreaker out of nowhere. It's freaking disgusting. I'm not sure how much of that he does nowadays, but he did a lot. I haven't watched a Roderick Strong match in years. He's choking AJ with his own hands. What kind of bully is this? Yeah, that's so cool. Oh, I see another backbreaker. Just yanked him down. Roderick Strong is, uh, this is maybe one of his best outings here in TNA that we've seen. I mean, we've only seen him a few, very, very few times, but I mean, he's getting some good offense in against Styles. And the thing is that Styles, he can work good with anyone. 
You know, and it's funny to see Roderick Strong wrestling and not have shitty little boots on. Right. I was actually thinking about that when he came out because um, they are they're still shorter than your average boot, but they're not the shitty little boots that he will be soon to have. AJ going to the oh, oh. avoided a knee kick. Like that storytelling. Look at Moontal into that reverse DDT. That was awesome. Very well done. Oh my god, he won with it. Styles just won with that rever- moonsault reverse DDT combo. Now here's the thing. That's good because now we've at least seen him win with it. So if he goes for a pin and he doesn't win, he can have that shocked expression and it's justifiable. Look at that TNA poster. My poster looks very similar to that, except it's earlier than this one. Okay, there's a Petey Williams promo or not promo, highlight package. And Bob, during this video package, I got another note for you that has nothing to do with P.D. Williams, but that, and we kind of hinted at earlier, that Jerry Jarrett is actually going on, he's undergoing a second operation to install a pacemaker to regulate his heartbeat. Mm. So that's kind of what's been going on with him. And I got two more notes, Bob. I got one about someone who is done with the company and one about a potential time slot change so we'll we'll see. I'm sure we were gonna oh, look at oh my god, we got a we got freaking match card graphics. Okay. Yeah, let's oh my go. god, oh my god. Screenshot, screenshot, screenshot. I gotta post that. <laughs> I need him for the Victory Road episode. That's pretty cool. That's cool. Oh fuck, dude. I forgot he, again. I I I yeah, this is the second time I forgot that he's on the show. The thing that's like weird is I really do like Piper. I just don't want to see him here in 2004. Okay, Don West and JB, they are re-announcing the thing. So guess what? You're getting that note now. Uh, Bob Ryder told Talent that they were very close to a move to Saturday Night Television on FSN. The original time slot a few weeks back being talked about was 11 p.m. No word on how the move uh, of velocity to that slot affects the plans. Dave basically goes on to say that he thinks they should probably just go head to head with them. Go go with this fucking velocity, dude. It's velocity. All right. It's not SmackDown. It's not. It's not even saying like heat. It's velocity. Or he says at one point I'd encourage them to go head to head with WWE. Victory Road Fan Fest weekend total nonstop interaction. Uh. Tickets on sale this Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern on TNAWrestling.com. Oh, Cobb Center in Atlanta, Georgia. GNC show of strength. Ooh. Yes, look at so these beautiful. If I had it, guys, shit this, out of me. this commercial is probably not on. It's probably not on the Impact Plus ad. If I, I bet. No, I bet you it is. It's you think it TNA. is? Yes. It's a gut check. Compete to win. A oh, shit. Okay, this is a TNA. Um, slash GNC tie-in. Mm. Holy shit, dude, another package. Okay, well, you want my last note or should I wait? Just hit me with it. Okay, dude. D'Lo Brown is officially done with the company. Wow. They wanted him to choose between All Japan and TNA, and he chose. 
That's a tough choice because neither has a bright future. And as a guy with a family, you don't want to make the wrong choice. But he's making far more with All Japan. And Did I say New Japan? It's All Japan. My apologies. I, I think you said All Japan. Okay. Uh, so that was the easy choice. Both companies are deep in the red, but TNA's backers have deeper pockets. So Dave is almost alluding to the fact that All Japan was not the, a good choice in the long run for D'Lo. And here he is, dude, the hot rod, Roddy Piper. His impact debut here. He has been here a couple times. Hopefully he does not talk about Vince Russo killing Owen Hart this time. I would strongly avoid that happening. Oh, God, his song's getting weird. Isn't that how his song usually is? I don't, I've never listened this far, I guess. Hmm. Synonymous with the world, unpredictable. And he has a live microphone. I'm here. And I got a microphone, and I'm gonna talk. And I'm out of bubble gum. I'm way out of bubble gum. I am here because of the wrestling fans. Me too, Brady. Me too. Okay, so he's saying the big boss man was my friend. Now, big boss man did just pass away around this time. He did. Yes. I thought it was. No, he passes away. I mean, obviously, I didn't make note of it because it's uh, not—he's not a, not a not, TNA guy. It's not—it doesn't relate to our our situation. But I think it's safe to say that at some point, Big Boss Man would have shown up here. You're probably right about that. September twenty second. So Boss yeah, Man. I mean, like not very long before this taping. I thought he passed away in 2003, but clearly not. He's rambling. TNA, NWA. Free speech. He's saying, free at last. Free at last. Thank God Almighty. We are free at last. Thank you, Piper. So... <clears throat> this is kind of a sad way for Big Boss Man to pass away. I don't know if you know the story. I don't know if I actually really do or not. So September 22nd, he was visiting uh, with his sister at his house. And his two daughters went upstairs to play. And his wife, Angela, briefly left the room at about 10 p.m. She returned to find him dead on the sofa. Oh, my God. He had a heart attack. Mm. That's just crazy, though. That You leave the room, let's say, to get a drink, and you come back. And your husband had a heart attack and died? That's crazy. You're saying he's a legend. You're a legend. Bob, is that really an ad you got on Facebook? Sure is, dude. What? I thought it was like somebody sharing something, but no, it was literally an ad. Piper just keeps going right now. 
November the 7th, he will be here. Oh, he's going to ask whatever he wants to ask. He'll bring Kobe Bryant. Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. He said he doesn't know. So he's just shooting names. He's going to bring anyone he wants. Which means I bet you it's going to be someone way more disappointing than that. (laughs) Probably. Yeah. But he's going to be here. It sounds like we are getting Piper's Pit on November 7th. He built a mount. He will climb the mountain. He built a ranch at the top, and he's not coming down. If you're gonna get in the pit with Piper, remember this: you don't throw rocks at a guy who's got a machine gun. I don't know if that's the same, but we'll go with it. Uh, I think I've actually heard something like that, so we'll go with it. Yeah. What? Yeah, I think I have. <laughs> okay. Maybe he said it before. Don't throw rocks at a guy with a machine gun. Yeah, dude, I totally, totally relatable. Totally. Oh, look at this. AMW Triple X yelling. He put the beret back on, thank God. If the four of us don't start acting like a unit, if the four of us don't get on the same page, Team Canada will always get the better of us. You know what that means? You know what that means, Elix? No, hey, his name is Primetime. That's the most sensible thing I've heard all day. Let's break those Canadians off. Team Canada wants a title shot. Why don't we give it to them? Oh, boy. Oh, no. Daniels and Storm are like, yeah, we were doing so good as a team. Let's give Team Canada a title yeah, shot. Yeah, we're 0-1 together and on title like since we've been champions. Okay, and we won our match on accident, essentially. A big match coming up next. Raven against Monty Brown. We are 37 minutes, 17 seconds into this show. Okay, uh, this again. It's a different version of it, though. We've got a fan fest coming again. It's going to be the hottest weekend. Yes, Dallas would pay $49.95 to go to the meet and greet. And then get a ticket to the Victory Road. Yes, I definitely would. Would I go to the autograph session? Yes, I would. Would he wait four hours in line for somebody? Of course. Yes, I would. Especially if it was Rough Silverstein. That's right. <laughs> Ruffy Silverstein. Hey, Kaylee, could you uh, could wait in line for four hours for Ruffy Silverstein? <laughs> And she'd do it, too. And she'd be like, yeah. Whatever. So would Sarah, but then you'd be like, oh, I don't want to make her do that. She'd really hate it. She would do it. I would never do that. But she would do it. I'm sure she would do it. But Oh, sorry. You can't talk about that because Jeff Jarrett is here talking to Shane Douglas. Listen here, Slappy. Did Jeff Jarrett get a haircut? Does it just look that way because it's wet? Uh, he, I think he got a haircut. First off, Shane. I'm just going to say that current day Jeff Jarrett hair length is my least favorite, like 2022. Yeah. I fucking hate it. 
It's like that length that it's between short and long. Yeah. I've talked to the outsiders. Vince has talked to the outsiders. So whose side are they really going to be on when they get to Victory Road? Because they're coming. Sounds like it's confirmed to me. The thing that's interesting is they could play it as like, if let's say it's not Hall and Nash. Well, anyone could be an outsider if they haven't been here. It's not the yeah, outsiders that are teasing. You can't promote it. Like I've talked to the outsider, like everybody knows. And then be like, by the way, it's uh, Stevie Richards and uh, Dustin Rhodes. I don't think Dustin would work. Dude. He's been here already. Can't do that. That's true. All right. Uh, Stevie Richards in the Sandman. Sandman's been here, bro. Fuck. Okay. Uh, Steve... Rico. Stevie Richards and Rico. Stevie Richards and Rico. There you go. I like Rico for the record, but I like Rico too. Dude, Shane Douglas laughing every time he ends the promos is so funny to me. Speaking of Rico, there is a match he had with Rey Mysterio on SmackDown in 2002 that was, like, amazing. I suggest checking it out. Really? Yeah. It was a really good match. Now, I want to see if Monty Brown comes out from the babyface side. Mm. I feel like he's going to. Right, he's happy to be right now. Especially because he's he's fighting Raven. Well, let's he's see what's going to happen. Who's going to win? I think Monty Brown is going to win this. You got to do Monty Brown. The problem is, oh, Raven coming out in a straight check. How can he get out of that? Hmm. Oh, like that. Oh. oh. All right. Well, that's a really bad straight jacket if you can just rip through it. Maybe he's an escape artist now. Oh, he's having a hard time. Okay, well, no, he got out of it. Now, listen, this look for Raven is, like, potentially my favorite. But when he first came to TNA in 2003, with, like, the blonde hair, and he looks pretty crazy I think crazy he's coming too. out the heel size, though. No, that's the baby face side. The heel side's got the, the, heel side's got the things on it. On the outside. Okay. Are is the crowd just dead or what? I can't hear fucking anything. It sounds like they're just talking amongst themselves. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> like you, you know. Yeah, there's there's no one. Look at that. They're all just standing there. There's no one making any noise. But really weird. Look at what the heck. So weird. That's awkward as shit. 42 minutes. Hey, that's the towel guy. The what? That guy right there. I'm pointing to my, to my screen like you know what I'm talking about. There is a guy that would always like spin a towel around. <laughs> that's the towel guy. I don't think he has a towel yet, but I'm pretty sure that's the towel guy. 15 minute time limit. The lockup has started. Lockup started after like 10 seconds, apparently, and the bell already rang. So we were just wasting seconds. That's weird. Very curious to see how this is going to go. This is a first-time matchup. Oh, pushing Rudy Charles off. That's a $10,000 fine, Raven. Come on. Back in Monty Brown into the corner and a couple shoulder blocks. 
bam, bam, bam. And I reach whip, and he comes back. Oh, it gets booted in the face. Close on. Oh, a couple. Yeah, another one. And he rolls out of the ring, takes a powder. Monty Brown's like, what the fuck are you doing? And Raven walking right over the announce table and gets a chair. Raven has a chair. This should be a and, disqualification because you can't do that. Well, he won't. Rudy Charles just took it. Lax rules, oh. baby. Lax rules, bro. Oh. Oh, a couple left, left arm. Some southpaws, if you will. By Monty Brown. He's smelling them. He's getting his scent. He's getting his scent. He did was smelling them. That's what he was doing. And he didn't like it, so he hit him with a right. And then Raven takes another powder. He's like, fuck that. Oh, we're about to head to commercial. We're at 13 minutes and eight seconds, seven seconds, and we go to commercial. Holy shit. They are really driving home this. This is the fourth time. Bob, we have a month, just under a month to the show. We have plenty more opportunities to pump this out. We don't need to do four times on one show, do we? Really? We're going to have a Q&A session. This just means that we have the potential of seeing this (laughs) 16 more times. At least, dude. 16 times. The thing is that it's like slightly different versions of it. (laughs) You're invited. Yeah, it is true. That is weird. Because the first one was like, in case you missed, or here's the announcement. Then the second one was like, in case you missed the announcement. Then it was like, guys, we're doing a party. And this one's like, it's going to be so fun. I like how Don's really hyping this up. It's basically just getting autographs. And then Jeremy Borash's reaction is like, whoa, what a deal. To get signatures. Well, it's autographs, a Q&A session, the after show party, and you get a guaranteed ticket into Victory Road. Now you're wondering, what the fuck does that mean? We're going to talk about that next week. Stay tuned. Yeah, you'll get a guaranteed seat at the uh, venue, but plot twist, it's going to be in the hallway, and you get to watch it on the screen. (laughs) Like they've done before for Impact. Well, there you go. Look at these ripping at the face, Monty Brown, stretching him out. Absolutely brutal. He's doing it. Russian leg sweep side, Russian leg sweep, end of the guard route. You could tell Raven was telling him what he was about to do. Yeah, he didn't really hide that one very well. Now, normally, Impact would be done by now. 45 minutes, 56 seconds. We'd be done. How much time we got left, Bob? Uh, Five minutes and 48 seconds. That's crazy. (laughs) What is happening? I don't know. But I kind of hope... I think the better match is probably Jeff and Raven, but I think Monty Brown's got to win. I agree with that. I just, this is another case of like, why do you have Monty Brown lose this? Like, he probably shouldn't yeah, have lost Hardy to begin with. Right. Monty I mean, Brown he, kick, clothesline, no better. Monty Brown's been so heavily featured and essentially unstoppable. I just don't think it's a good idea. Yeah. Even if 
you're going to do some fuckery and you're going to screw us up and Hardy's going to win next week. Brown's still looking strong and he could potentially go on to the next pay-per-view or something. They could still kind of keep him, keep him high right. on that. My Brown hammering away on Raven. How many can he take, though? I don't know. And he's a couple right hands. Dude, Tanae, when Tanae starts yelling and Don West is also yelling, like, how can you not be excited about it? It's just so fun. Yeah, but you hear them yelling, and then the crowd is just standing there. Dude, the crowd's fucking dead right now. And they, they were are. earlier. They were pumped yeah. for the rest of the show, and now they're just like, but. I wonder if they're just burnt out. I mean, this is, was this the same one where the Jarrett thing happened with the DJ guy? No, that's last week. That was last week. Okay, I don't know. And they've only technically seen two other matches. The rest were after the show. Hmm. So imagine how dead they're going to be for the explosion taping. Yeah. This knee lifts here by Raven. Now he's playing to the crowd. They're cheering him. Yeah. Kind of weird. One Raven effect DDT to moving into that final against Jeff Hardy. Wouldn't it be bizarre if Raven like got a shot at Victory Road? Yeah, I would. This is my destiny. I knew it. At that point, if you don't pull the trigger, you might as well fire him. If he got yeah. it to Victor Road and he lost again, fire him. Because yeah. you're never going to do it. Oh, whipping Raven in the corner, chest oh, first. Why wouldn't he just do the pounce there? Well, he probably... He didn't turn around. He couldn't hit it right. What? He just come off the ropes and hit from the side. That's how he does it. Anyway. <laughs> Let's go. How can we get Monty Brown back in a wrestling ring? Can someone please give him money and do it? Working over the back again. That is a good point, though. You could just... Uh... I'm surprised he wasn't on that TNA reunion show they were going to do. At least a video. Yeah. The only, like, recent sighting of him in, like, years was when Lance Archer posted right. a, vi a video from him, and it was like, holy shit. The fucking internet was exploding. Yeah. We have five minutes, 44 seconds left in the match. Of course, we're a little less than that on time in the show, but... What is happening? Why is Raven just not kicking out of that? No effort. Go yeah. for a running power slam. Oh, Raven breaks out. Super kick. Who does this guy think he is? Shawn Michaels? He's Michael Shane. He looked up his, his cousin's wrestling venture. He was like, oh, shit, Michael Shane's his cousin. I got you. I wonder what he's going to do. Drop to a hole. Just hit the drop to a hole. Yeah. Wait, Rudy Charles trying to talk about it, but Raven says, fuck you. Oh, he splashes oh. Ray. Oh, shit, dude. Rudy Charles got squished in the corner. That's not a $10,000 fine. It's a little different because it was unintentional. Now, he's got that chair set up in the drop toe hold. 
position, but he's not. Here comes Monty Brown. Oh, he does it. Oh, no. he countered the pounce. No way. Two? Oh, my God. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? I thought he was going to pin him. Is he going to get DQ'd? Are they protecting Raven with a DQ finish right now? Oh. I missed it. Oh, oh pounce! Mike Tenet was just saying one, two, three. There we go. Mike Tenet was just saying if it exceeds the time, then they will talk about it online or something like that. But as soon as he says that, Monty Brown hits that pounce. The alpha male gets a win. Here comes Jarrett with a guitar, who was, by the way, not out here when Jeff Hardy won. Oh, there's Jeff Hardy. Oh, shit. So we got the tag title match and Jeff. We're loading up these impacts, though. Wow, dude. Here we go, dude. Going off the air. I wonder if that's a change in their direction, starting with the shows. Like, we got to have more feature matches and one enhancement. I know. But even that Rowdy match was AJ was not really enhancement. It was just extended. Right. So. Uh, okay, cool. What did you think about that episode of Impact, Bob? Uh, I'm I, give it a, I'll give it a thumbs up. Yeah, I think I, I liked it. Even though there was a little bit less matches than we're used to, they went longer. I think that's right. important to know. And as you said, I mean, we had featured matches, and Styles and Roger Strong had a pretty good match as well. So I got no complaints there. I mean, if the Piper segment, luckily, was kind of kept to a minimum. I mean, he rambled, but that's what Piper does. So that was at least, you know, I would say toned down enough that it wasn't um, too bad. And I think we have a pretty pretty good-looking card for next week. Yeah, I mean... Uh... We'll find out who the number one contender is. We have again that tag team title match. I mean, that those two matches alone. I mean, I as a viewer, I would definitely want to find out who is going to challenge for uh, Jared. And anytime there's a title match, it's uh, much more interest than just a regular tag match. That's for sure. Right. Uh, another cool note too, and you know, we'll probably mention next week, even though it's it probably doesn't really mean much. But it's actually next week is our twentieth episode of impact Mm. which is kind of cool so we are flying here and uh, yeah i'm excited to get to that and i hope everyone else is excited uh to join us as we continue on the road to victory road we're almost at that exit but we have a fucking month left basically so we gotta we gotta keep going here yeah we'll be there uh before we even know it but uh all right that should wrap up this edition of the TNA Crossline Podcast. We will be back next week with the October 15th show. Uh, and again, it's going to be Hardy and Monty Brown, number one contender ship on the line. And also, again, a tag team title match when Daniels and Storm will be teaming up to take on Team Canada. Whichever version of Team Canada. We don't even know. Ruffy. Ruffy, dude. Debut? Let's go. You never know. Never know with all Ruffy. Uh, But all right. Until next week, for Dallas Gridley, I am Bob Conning Jr., and this has been the TNA Cross Line Podcast.
Oh, my God.